Hey guys, welcome back to the Whipped Cream Podcast. This is your first episode of season three. I am your host, Bianca Harris. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I have a really special guest on with me today, someone I've known for a really long time. Uh, Denise Muzadi, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Hi there, um, my name is Denise Muzadi and I am a equine assisted therapist and also a soon to be registered psychotherapist. So we did a recently a how, session. A, how how but what do you how would you call the session that we did? You actually experienced a session with my horse Cesar, and you had a equine assisted therapy session. Okay, so I'll give the listeners a little bit of background. Okay, I don't even know if we talked about this, but we had been discussing doing this um, session for a little bit for a while yeah for a while Mm -hmm. and then we finally got it done but i was totally comfortable with doing it because i've known you right so i felt very calm and like even though i didn't know what i was walking into i was like it's fine because i trusted you right so i was driving there and on the way there i was thinking like probably nothing's gonna happen like i'm gonna (laughs) hang out with the horse (laughs) whatever watch me just hate yeah whatever (laughs) And then as soon as I got there, mm-hmm. as soon as I got out of the car, I had felt like such an emotional response that freaked me out a bit because I wasn't expecting for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Like I just felt very um, overcome with emotion. Yeah. I don't know what emotion really, but it was just like a lot mm-hmm. of feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you can kind of describe what happens next. Well, I think... Then I we, like we'll use my session to kind of tell people like what this is about. First of all, we stood by the gate and I asked you to sort of observe the herd and asked you how you're feeling. You know, were you uptight? Do you feel nervous? And you said you were okay. And I asked you to sort of describe to me which horse you felt more drawn to and perhaps what were some of the things that were coming up for you in regards to the horse. Was this horse happy? How was he feeling? And you quickly, you know, you kind of had, you said exactly what you were feeling and you were right. So weird. And then <laughs> so weird. I asked you, are you comfortable now? We're going to go into the paddock and, and sort of get closer to the, the two horses. And that's when you became emotional also immediately. Do you remember? You started to tear up. You said, Denise, wow, I'm really feeling a lot of things right now. And you were attracted to Cesar. The darker horse, your horse. Yeah. yeah. And then it started to unfold quite quickly. I mean, remember what happened? But I was so surprised that that was happening. Right. Already you were... Like, even in my mind as it was happening, I was like, no, I'm just making this up. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just exaggerating because I'm here. Like, I, I don't know. My mind was also playing tricks on me, which is what tends to happen, right? Right. Am I, I'm like, am I just overthinking this? Because I, I don't know. It was really weird. But I also did feel the emotion mm-hmm. very strongly in the moment. And then maybe within five minutes, Cesar. Not even. Not even three minutes. Quick. What happens? The horse comes directly to me. Yeah. And it elicits some kind of fear response in you, correct? It was weird because it was like fear, but also still intrigued. And like, 
I didn't, I like, I thought the other horse was beautiful, yes. but I didn't really give a shit. Like I was like, I, I like this horse and it's cute, but I'm not interested in interacting with it. You wanted the dark, mysterious one that came running at you. <laughs> right? Yeah. With slight aggression. Yeah. But and I didn't know that until you told me. Right. No. Because I didn't know. And he did that more than once. He did that three times. Yeah. So... And that was really, it, it brought up things for you that mirrored your own things in your own life. Yeah. And they are essentially horses in this equine assisted therapy. It's like a, a natural biofeedback for us. And the horses respond to the feeling state that we show. So because they're herd and prey animals, <clears throat> they have a strong emotional sense and they use this sense to survive. And so they can really sense what's going on with the human client and mirror it back to them. And like I can say just openly, as soon as that happened, the first thing that came up, and I told you this in the moment, and we'd never spoken about this before, was all like my men issues and dating. And it was so reflective. I'm like, why and is this horse all the men I've ever dated? And your attraction <laughs> to Cesar being dark, mysterious, and he was a little dangerous. And he actually displayed, even for me, a slight aggression towards the way he came up to you. And he would beeline towards you with such just you know purpose that i actually the first time had to step in a little and say whoa boundaries i needed to make sure that obviously first and foremost client safety is is utmost important so i did step in first time to see make sure that he's not really invading your space and complete you know your boundaries and you did seem a little bit whoa that was intense. Yeah. Right. But I also think what's interesting is that the other horse is integral in my learning too, because I said to you, mm -hmm. that other horse represents to me what I think I should be going for, even though I'm not that interested in it because it's safer and probably not as toxic. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like I was thinking about that for a week afterward. This is what happens. A lot of clients afterwards. Uh, it's something that's ongoing and insight may pop up later on. Deeper awareness. Things happen during the week that re-trigger things and you start to, un you know, you, you have a deeper understanding of the session and what it means for you and how it's represented in your life, everyday life. The people, the relationships, your job, your belief systems, your own behaviors thought process the way you do things in life and perhaps what needs to change what you want to change well i think what was cool out of the session that i got i mean i haven't implemented it yet mm -hmm. but was the part about boundaries which was like the whole like learning experience for me <clears throat> because you said you said something and i was thinking about it it's like you can still have that thing that you want but you weren't putting up any boundaries before. If you set that clear boundary, it's not that you can't have the thing that you're interested in, mm -hmm. but you have to have it in a, with, with a different relationship and different behavior, meaning having boundaries and making it really clear and sticking to it. Yeah, because then you'll feel safe. <clears throat> you have some really sexy, dangerous, mysterious <laughs> man that you want to get involved with. If you have the tools and you know how to deal with that and you, you're prepared and you have clear boundaries and expectations, it's, it makes you feel confident enough to be able to do it. Right. That's so interesting. And like, so I say, go for that guy, <laughs> Bianca. Well, I'd never <laughs> thought about it that way. Yeah. Ever. And it wouldn't be as scary. Well, you don't feel like you're in, you don't, I, I don't you really... won't lose control. Maybe. Yeah. Is that what it is? 
The fear of losing control? Maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have to, I, I don't know if it's a fear of losing control. It's just like, I know I will almost. Like we'll have certainty. To, we'll have to have another session with Cesar. Right? I'd be interested to see what yeah. happens next time and if I'm even interested in that horse next time. <laughs> right. I mean, I feel like I would be, but who knows? Mm -hmm. Right. Another thing I wanted to talk about was the, how you mentioned, because I wanted to ask you more about this. I don't think we talked about it, but uh, how their heartbeat is slower. You said? Yes. What does that actually mean? So, um, naturally their heart rate beats three times slower than ours. So after a while, when you're in the presence of horses and even just being around them, you naturally, it's called heart coherence. Your heart rate will lower your blood. It's, it's scientific fact now that once we're, when we're around horses, that our blood pressure is lowered, our heart rate is slowed down. It's almost has a very trance-like effect on us when we're around horses. We naturally, uh, uh, the word I'm missing right now, we naturally. Well, uh, your frequency kind of right. changes. Uh, yeah, it's heart coherence. Like <clears throat> you, it, your heart rate slows down along with theirs. I mean, not three times slower. And also their electromagnetic field is five times larger than humans. So when the horses That's are so fucking cool. when the horses are in the herd i mean they already know that my client is coming down that driveway or down that road i can tell by their body their ears are perked up cesar notices already they know that people are arriving and this is becoming more and more useful in therapy because so if they know that that person's coming right from that far away why do you think it's so useful in like healing different patients so they naturally use this as a survival tool they're wired like this they feed off and respond to other horses in the herd and if one horse is scared the entire herd will become frightened and they respond similarly to humans in that way wait 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 wait. hang on right so and if so, one horse is scared yes it will affect the entire herd even I if there's tons of horses in this herd Absolutely, because wow. the, the one horse, probably the lead horse, will sense danger, imminent danger somehow, something. If it's not a lion, which we don't have here in Canada, it could be a tractor or a motorbike coming by, and they're like, whoa, what is this? And they're all on alert, and the lead horse is letting them know, wow, we need to either run, fight, or they freeze. So they're kind of wired like a PTSD. They're flighty animals. They either fight, freeze, or, you know... Um, but isn't that just like what we used to do back in the day before, like we were civilized? So wouldn't we have had similar instinct? And the difference being with humans and, and the horses, when they are in a trauma situation, let's say they've been attacked, they shake it off quickly and, keep going. and they go back to grazing happily in the moment. And that event is, is done with, gone. Whereas humans... We hold on to this, these trauma, and even, <laughs> and even when we have uh, people hit by cars and things of that nature, we're strapped down on a, on a uh, bed and taken to the ambulance, and there's, we've not even had a chance to shake things off. We're not able to do that. Do you think that we were always like that, though? Hmm, interesting question. But trauma is, is something I'm very interested in, and, and you know, being a trauma having gone like why myself. does it stay so deep in our tissues but the horse can just shake it off and continue eating the hay like why can't we do that or can we and we're just i don't know if it's like taught not like i don't know i don't know 
sometimes I feel like I want to like pick back at all the layers, but then I go, maybe I shouldn't be doing that so much. Right. Retriggering, retriggering, leave it, let it be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if like, I don't know. That just makes me wonder if like, that's how we were intended to be. (laughs) But But they do have this amazing ability to shake it off. That's what they do. Shake, shake, shake. Go back to grazing in the moment. And that event is gone. And they're back to grazing. That's what they do naturally. First thing a horse thinks about when they wake up is, oh my God, what could possibly kill me today? They're, they're wired like that. They're prey. They're prey consciousness. They do not go out and kill anything. We're predators. We have goals. We have things we need to meet. We will do whatever it takes to get our goals. Horses aren't wired like that. They're like deer or rabbits. They need to, they're wired. I need to survive the day. What's going to eat me and kill me? So, and they're very, very, they don't like small, dark places. They, they're somewhat um, claustrophobic. They're sketchy. They're very flighty. They get scared very easily. Uh, noises, quick movements. They're, because they're always wired for war. What's going to get me next? But yet they have this beautiful ability to be in the moment, to be present, to graze. And they're majestic. They're, they're intuitive. And they can sense everything. They're very, you know, beautiful, sentient beings. That's how I would describe them. Okay. So how would you describe equine therapy specifically? Just to make it really clear cut. Because when I've been describing it to people, because I told a bunch of people that I did this. Like we said, it's so experiential that it's hard to say what it is. Equine assisted therapy is a form of experiential therapy that involves interactions with people and horses. Some of the activities that I may use part of equine assisted therapy is you may groom a horse, you may lead a horse, you observe the, the herd. Um, you could lead an, a horse to an obstacle course that could represent certain things in your life. And Basically, this is equine-assisted therapy using a horse and a, and a um, qualified assisted therapist to help you, you know, unlock, reveal, find deeper awareness, meaning in your life, your behaviors, your relationships, anything that is relevant to your life. All I can say is anyone who thinks this is bullshit, go and try it. <laughs> Because you're going to have people that are like, whatever. This, a horse. A really? horse. What am I going to get Why out of this a fucking horse? Why not a dog or a cat? Right. Which do have healing abilities too. But this it's, horse is totally different. Just the size of it alone. Size. And you can feel how intuitive they are when you're around them immediately. And you I can't don't know lie. Anything, Denise, you can't I don't know lie. anything about horses. And you can't lie to a horse. No, you can't no. bullshit them. There's no way. Yeah. And you cannot, you know, and I, I have this beautiful example. You have this big, 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 you know, macho guy. And, and I say to him, How, how's your anxiety level? Oh, no, no, I'm not scared. I've got this. And I bring him into the field and I notice these horses are moving around and they're kind of running around and they're not settled. And I ask him, how are you feeling? Oh, yeah, I'm good. Good. I've got this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, wow, these horses are moving. They're not settling. And it's, there's an incongruency. He's not being honest. He probably is really feeling a little scared and not able to say it. 
And once he's able to say, you know what, I am a little scared, everything settles Do they end down. up saying it? Yeah, if they can, that's when the magic happens. There's the truth. Now it's congruent. He's telling the truth. He's a little scared. The horses are showing it. Once he's honest about that, then we can start working together. It's about being honest with ourselves and with others. Yeah. And it starts with ourselves. Yeah. And so the horses, like I said, you cannot lie to them. They pick up bullshit. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt when I was there. <laughs> so it's really amazing as a th- I I didn't even want to lie to you. I was lying to myself. I was right. like, maybe I'm not even... <laughs> Maybe this is just, maybe I'm just exaggerating because this is, like, I don't know. I, that's what kind of went through my head and I go, no, this is straight up right in my face. Well, it's right there in front of your face. The truth is there revealed. It is. But then also, the end of the session was completely different from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, I was way more calm and then the horse calmed down and we were, like, hugging. <laughs> right? Hugging and it was beautiful and you were... You know, in the moment you were relaxed, Cesar and Mr. Both were relaxed and you were able to just enjoy and watch them and observe them and notice their, how big, how majestic and their energy. And we were watching them eat hay and they were, we were part of the herd, actually. It felt like we were part of their herd. So who do you think, like what, t- I mean, I feel like anyone can do this, but who do you think specifically would benefit from this kind of therapy? Because I did a little research on it and something that came, kept coming up was people that have, are struggling with like serious addictions. They've been using this a ton. Yeah. Addiction, ADHD, trauma, depression, OCD, anxiety. Um, studies have indicated that equine therapy has been successful in helping people in appro- improvements with assertiveness, flexibility, independence. Emotional awareness, interpersonal relationships, and the conditions, like you said, that are very effective with equine-assisted therapy is addiction. Because it is about being honest there again, and accountable, and responsible. What it, I mean, you don't have to say the <clears throat> clients. Clients, but have, have there been any scenarios, and I'm sure there have, where people have done three or four or five sessions, whatever it is. Yes. And you've seen such a drastic change in a short amount of time. Yes. Because I feel like sometimes, like people, like I said, it seems very quick. You go to talk therapy and you're there for like five years. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's so true because you can, I, I mean, I've had a therapist, a psychotherapist actually have a session with me. She wanted to, to experience it. So I offered her a session. And that was amazing because she said to me, this, what I've done with you in one session, I could completely bullshit and lie to my therapist and tell her whatever she wanted. She'd never really know the truth. With the horses, that was not possible. I had to be real and truthful. And, it, and we got to the bottom of it really quickly. And it's the same experience with you. There's no way around it. They pick up what's going on inside you. And, with, and then I really, I stay out of the whole entire process. I'm merely observing, watching, but you are accessing your own, you know. Conclusion. Conclusions and how it's relatable to your life and your relationships. And just with- I the, didn't want it to, I was like, I don't want this to come up. But, but it does. I was like, ugh. And I only had to have a few certain inquiry points and the rest was all you. I stay out of the whole process. That's, that's part of it. I need to be able to step out and 
have the interaction with horse and you and you make the connections on your own. It's not my filter. It's through your own life. You got, do you want to tell people a little bit about how you got into this? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Were you already studying to be a psychotherapist when you got into this? Um, Did that come first? In, uh, let me... I had already, I was interested in equine assisted therapy, but then I started psychotherapy program first. First. And then a month later I did start both. I ended up taking the certification for equine at the same time, actually, together. So I just want people to know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it was a cool story, how you actually ended up falling into this, falling into it, whatever that means. You had an interest in horses. I had had a story, a background story with horses growing up. Yes. So as a uh, young girl, um, at age seven, I was hit by a truck and um, suffered massive head trauma. And through that experience, uh, left me fearful of a lot of things, fearful of crossing the street, taking elevators. Uh, I woke up every, every night for many, for a long time on the hour with screaming. I mean, that's probably trauma, PTSD symptoms. Back then in the 60s, they didn't really know how to deal with it and what, what this was. And this is... There was no words PTSD just, flying around. No, I, all I know, I remember my mom, my parents saying, like, she changed. She, be, she became frightful and fearful child and, and afraid of everything. And we did have a hobby farm in the Meaford area. And we had a 10-acre little old farmhouse, and we used to go skiing there and hang out with my grandfather in the summer. And at eight years old, he decided to buy me a horse named Mike, 14-year-old quarter horse. And I would ride this horse from morning till night. I had no riding lessons, no horsemanship skills whatsoever. I had a girlfriend who was a farmer's daughter. She had a few horses. We'd meet up, and we'd ride on her 100-acre property. Waterfalls, jumping, running, no saddle, no helmet, nothing, free, free, free. And when I would ride Mike, that's where I felt confident. That's where the healing began because through the horse, I was able to do things that I never thought possible. And it would help me with other things. Like I said, as a child in school, it would help me with confidence. And I grew out of this sort of fearful world around me. Mike helped me heal. Unfortunately, it ends a little not so great because at 14 and a half, we had to put Mike down. He suffered a a severe um, hoof illness, disease where they they can't stand up anymore and you have to put the horse down. I do not have access to that day. My siblings and my parents and my grandfather have told me that it was a rainy day. The vet came to take Mike away euthanize him and he was taking off the property i do not have access to that memory bianca i was 14 and a half years old for 40 years i never really thought of horses looked at horses they didn't mean very much to me i became a mom had three children married busy life it wasn't until two years ago that all of a sudden horses became part of my life but you were driving down the street and you saw well, I had one daughter that needed help, and I was searching and desperately looking for therapy for her. And I was driving down towards, again, the farm in the area and with my mom, and I noticed horse spirit connections. And I went, wow. A sign is- that said that. Yeah. What does, and it 
immediately I Googled, I'm like, what is this? It just completely drew me in. And I wanted to, I called them and I wanted to set up a session with my daughter and it never happened. I then decided to take the session. I met with her and I realized it's equine assisted therapy, learning. And the minute I was on the farm, I walked towards the barn. I started to, I lost it crying like the smell all my memories were coming back to me <gasps> horses wow you rode as a child this is and it all came back to me and I took maybe six months later I took the program and became an equine assisted um, learning facilitator and that's the story and now I want to help people <laughs> but okay same... hang on so why I think that's so cool is because mm. you know how you hear all these stupid quotes like follow the signs right the literal sign yeah <laughs> was there mm -hmm. and we ignore it Yes. A lot of the time. Mm -hmm. We all do. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, that's just whatever. That's just coincidence. That's mm -hmm. just, you know. I think those things are really important because sometimes you're doing something in life where it's like, yeah, you're doing it and you're going through the motions, but sometimes there's a clear-cut thing that says, go and do this, and you choose to ignore it or not. And I think that that's what, that's what, that's what stuck out for me when you told me the story. I didn't tell you that. It was full circle for me. Yeah. It's complete full circle and full circle healing. And at the right time, too. At the right time. And, and... This is why I'm so absolutely passionate about what I do. I can directly relate to it. And I understand equine assisted therapy from a perspective of just allowing a horse to be a horse. There's nothing to control. There's nothing to do. I don't have the background experience to have a horse do all these things that I needed to do for me. I allowed the horses to be themselves. And that's the beauty and the magic of this work. It's respecting the said. horse as the horse with all their gifts and attributes and talents and, and, and allow that to, to unfold and, and, and touch and heal humans. And I did that as a child already, naturally. That's how I learned. I had no lessons, nothing. Hop on them, run, let them go free. And obviously no fear as a child because most children don't it's naturally. It's a big... But like, I didn't. Just, I was more afraid of trucks, cars, elevators, <laughs> street cars. And the dark than, than my big, huge 16-hand horse. On his back, I felt, you know, powerful. In, like, heal. I healed. So cool. I have to come back. You I'm, do. I'm telling you, I was thinking about it the whole... And, and you did think about it for a while after that session. I was thinking about it for the whole week. Mm -hmm. All the time. It came up in my meditation, and it was just... Yeah. I mean, I overanalyze everything, but it was coming up and just, like I said, it was, you think about these things, like, you know, these issues are underlying, Yeah, but it was like right there for me. But what's cool, because then you can actually start to heal whatever that is or deal with it in a different way or approach the situation in a different way that I knew was there all along, but I wasn't doing. Right. That makes sense. Like it brings it all to the surface yeah. and you have to deal with it. I couldn't believe how emotional like how we got yeah. there. Mm -hmm. it was, anyway, it was weird. What do you hope that people get out of a session with you? For me, it's always so rewarding when I see they've made connections, when I've seen they've had a, dip, a deeper awareness or that their willingness to be brave, their willingness to be vulnerable in that session is always... It touches me and amazes me and the strength and the, the resilience that I see with clients, young, different age groups, different issues. And the, and the sessions 
the horses ask for the truth and they they become so truthful and so I'm always in awe with each session. I'm I I'm in awe. Each person, their strength, their resilience, their courage, and the vulnerability piece. Because these one. are big animals. And some of my clients are have deep, deep fears around them and, and noted notably so. I mean, there's a huge, huge thousand pound animal that at any point can do whatever it, you know. It wants really. Really. Yeah. And they're able to step in that field and step up to the plate and be really, really vulnerable with what's going on inside and share it in the moment. Cool. Really cool. Mm-hmm. And there's always learning and growing and healing for me. And being having Cesar as my that's own a good, horse. That's a good thing to bring up. Yeah. Yeah. Like even Cesar is a young three year old gelding. And I haven't been around horses for 40 years. I have actually had to really really be honest with what my limitations are as far as what it's like to be with horses in horsemanship ways like leading him taking him in the barn certain things so i had to also learn that piece of it and sometimes cesar actually triggers my own fear within me and the trauma of being hit by a truck there are moments when i look in his deep dark beautiful eyes and it's like oh my god there's this feeling inside my body and it's 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 like that's the trauma again wow i didn't think about that part Mm -hmm. because i haven't done this i haven't been around them in many years so when i'm doing things with cesar not therapy related but horsemanship related leading him taking him through the forest that he's never been to or taking him in the arena or when he's moved to different farms they're much more flighty or he's a little more nervous and I have to deal with that and my own nerves and this is a relationship we're both growing together yeah and then he always presses like he's <laughs> making me do the work too because I'm a 54 year old woman with this young gelding and it's like oh my goodness what's going on here and I have to deal with it I have to heal I have to learn and, and I always ask for help I'm I'm very open and honest with my limitations but I'm also determined. I'm very determined, and, and this is what I want to do, and the universe has called me to do this. And I picked the right horse. Cesar is... I love him. He is <laughs> a spirited, young, you know, steady, highly intuitive, sensitive horse that wants to do this work. Clearly, he wants to do this work. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. The horses are on, on a whole different level of consciousness. They want to help humans. That's it. I thank you. This, I think this is no thank you for coming. Thank on. you so much. Tell Bianca. people where they can find you. Insta. Instagram. I have yes. account Denise Muzzati, D E N I C E M U Z Z A T T I. And then if they want to book with you, they can just message you through there. Yeah, message me through there. I am currently, um, my website is under construction, should be up running soon. And I will link that to my Instagram account. I'm also, if you Google my name, Denise Muzadi, you'll see me on Psychology Today. You could call me through there and book through that as well. Perfect. All I can say is I've told like some really close friends of mine the last couple of days that I did this and they were all just like, even I think in my reaction, because a couple of them were like, you're not, like, when do I go to farms? <laughs> but they were all a little bit like, whoa, I can't believe you got that much out of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yes. you don't expect to. So if, you, if you're even thinking 
about like if you're even slightly interested in it do it because i got a lot out of just one session Mm -hmm. so yeah thank you for being on and thank you guys so much for listening and you'll hear from us next time